0: Good morning and welcome to The Debrief on this Thursday morning. I'm Candace Gibson. Lots happening on this Thursday, including the president and first lady still basking in the glow of that surprise trip to the Middle East, as well as to the troops that were in Germany. The shutdown entering yet another day, and it appears as if it'll enter into January. We'll have the very latest on that. And this, we're monitoring this live picture here, college football fans who are holding out for a victory living on top of a billboard. We'll talk to them live, but first, your headlines.
1: Shake up in the Saudi government. King Salman has ordered new people into several posts, including foreign minister, in the wake of the scandal over the killing of a reporter at the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. Officials on Indonesia are expanding the no-go zone around the still erupting volcano that set off last week's deadly tsunami. There are fears it could set off another one. The is blamed for the deaths of well over 400 people.
2: A pair of environmental
3: officials in Michigan have pleaded no contest to charges in connection with the water scandal in Flint. A half dozen people have now taken similar deals.
4: Tom Brady says he'll be back next season. The 41-year-old Patriots quarterback has struggled at times this season. Still, Brady and the Pats are headed back to the playoffs. In a new interview, Brady said his goal is to play next season and beyond that. His contract with the Patriots is up next season. 2019 would be 19 years after he was drafted in 2000.
0: And a record at the bottom of the world, adventurer Colin O'Brady from Portland, Oregon has become the first person to cross Antarctica without any help. All right, let's get right to it. President Trump is back in the U.S. after that surprise trip to the war zone, his first in two years as president but he's facing a lot on his agenda once he gets back here uh to washington dc our tara palmeri is joining us from from washington bureau right now tara of course the shutdown enters another day and there are many other things on his list
1: that's right it was a surprise secret mission he left at almost midnight on christmas to head out to Iraq, he talked about what it was like, the security on the ground, the kind of obstacles it takes to get someone—a president—to a a combat zone. And it's the first time that he's visiting a combat zone. He took some heat for that. It's almost his second year in office. Um, And so, by this point, President Obama had already been to two combat zones. So um, you know here he is, describing what it was like landing in Iraq.
2: The darkened plane with all windows closed, with no lights on whatsoever, anywhere, pitch black. I've never seen a
1: And so, as you can see, obviously this was a logistical issue. We—it seemed as if maybe he had decided last minute to go uh, visit the troops on the holidays with the shutdown and being stuck at the White House. He didn't go to his resort in Florida, but in fact. A WHITE HOUSE OFFICIAL TELLS ME THAT IT WAS IN THE WORKS FOR SIX WEEKS. HE HINTED AT IT FOR A WHILE AS WELL. HE REALLY WAS SLAMMED OVER THANKSGIVING FOR STILL NOT HAVING SEEN THE TROOPS YET um, IN ACTION. Um, HE HAD A REAL MESSAGE THOUGH WHEN HE SHOWED UP. He defended his decision to pull out 2,000 troops from Syria. And he also told those troops in Iraq that they would have to step up if ISIS reemerged in Syria, that he would use Iraq as a base to deal with the issue over there. And of course, he praised those troops for really taking down the caliphate.
2: The United States cannot continue to be the policeman of the world.
3: Great job. I looked at a map. AND TWO YEARS AGO, IT WAS A LOT OF RED ALL OVER THAT MAP. But NOW YOU HAVE A COUPLE LITTLE SPOTS, AND THAT'S HAPPENING VERY QUICKLY.
0: WE'RE NOT
1: THE SUCKERS OF THE WORLD. WE'RE NO LONGER THE SUCKERS, FOLKS. HE TOLD THOSE TROOPS THAT HE PLANS TO, HE WILL NOT WITHDRAW ANY TROOPS FROM IRAQ, ALTHOUGH WE HAVE REPORTING THAT HE'S PLANNING TO PULL OUT ALMOST HALF THE TROOPS out of Afghanistan which is obviously a much more dangerous situation at this point and the president obviously was really making the holidays for these troops some of them that have been out there for multiple multiple holiday seasons and and you know these kind of trips go a long way Candace
0: Yeah they do um, a lot of people giving him however as they do some heat for his speech to those troops saying it sounded more like a campaign speech than it did sound like an boy or trying to rally the troops up. Right. Um, as we mentioned, though, he is facing that shutdown um, once back here and back to business. Any movement in that at all in the talks?
1: Really, negotiations have been at a standstill. Senate is back in session today, but they come in at 4 o'clock this afternoon, and if they somehow miraculously strike a deal right now, it would still take another 24 hours for the House to return and to vote on a bill that they agree on. It really doesn't look like this is going to happen before the new year because then they'll be off over the weekend. and. Really, both sides have dug in. President Trump, in his latest tweet, you know, blamed the Democrats again, said we needed a border wall, and then made this really shocking claim that these federal workers are actually all Democrats, so the Democrats are hurting their own base by um, allowing the shutdown to continue. But we're not, that, that, that actual assertion is, is not based in fact. <laughs>
0: So the federal Democrats are the ones that are not getting a paycheck, not the Republicans. They're still getting right, a paycheck. exactly. Indeed. All right. Tara Larry joining us from the Bureau in Washington. Tara, thank you so much. And, of course, the president says that he plans to go to the U.S. border with Mexico a little bit later next month to survey what he says is the start of the new border fence that still hasn't really been corroborated, but there are so many issues there on the border, including the latest, of course, of a Guatemalan eight-year-old boy who was found dead in um, U.S. Customs and Border Protection uh, custody at the time. Our Matt Macupman gives us the very latest on what is resulting from that
2: hey kendis after months of warning homeland security is finally admitting that not only is the system broken but that it needs help now uh, secretary nielsen has asked for the u.s coast guard to come help and reassess uh, the customs and border protection medical facilities and medical programs on the ground that as cbp is also conducting a full assessment of all and medical check of all children in its care under the age of 10. Um, They are also trying to reassess what's going on at their incredibly overcrowded facilities. Now, one of the major problems is that these facilities were designed for single adult males not for families. And now they're being inundated with a record 25,000 families just in the month of December. Now, to put that in perspective, the CBP commissioner told me that in the entirety of 2013, they did not get 25,000 children. And that's basically the number of kids that they've gotten just in the month of December alone in this year. So they are being completely overwhelmed. And despite months of warning, they haven't actually built up and beefed up their um, medical preparedness. So that is something that is NOW CURRENTLY BEING ADDRESSED ACCORDING TO SECRETARY NIELSEN, BUT SHE ALSO LASHED OUT AT FOLKS WHO SAY, WHO SHE SAYS ARE uh, CHAMPIONING OPEN BORDERS, SHE'S ALSO BLAMING TO SOME DEGREE THE FAMILIES WHO ARE BRINGING CHILDREN um, OF THESE YOUNG AGES, 7, 8, 9, 10, ACROSS THE BORDER AND uh, PUTTING THEM THROUGH THESE PERILOUS JOURNEYS. BUT WE ARE NOW LEARNING THAT THERE ARE A NUMBER OF INVESTIGATIONS AFOOT. Uh, CONGRESS IS SAYING THAT IS GOING TO LAUNCH AN INVESTIGATION. CBP HAS ITS OWN INTERNAL QUERY AND REVIEW GOING ON. Uh, AND THERE MAY BE OTHERS COMING DOWN THE PIKE. So. Um, What's happening according to CBP and why we're seeing this massive surge in families is that smugglers and migrants, this is according to the CBP, are trying to exploit this loophole essentially in U.S. law that prevents the breakup of families. Um, That means that families can't be detained for more than 20 days uh, and then they have to be kept together. So they come across the border, they're detained, and then they're released on their own recognizance ahead of a court date, which in many cases is three to four years down the road. Now, according to um, Customs and border protection data. Uh, 98.3% of families that come into the U.S. are given this treatment and are kept together um, and allowed essentially to go into the U.S. as long as they promise to go back to their court date and appear before a judge at some later date. Uh, and that's what CBP is saying that these people are trying to exploit right now. This all complicates this already very complicated and thorny issue and of course we are dealing with the death of a young boy just eight years old Felipe Alonso Gomez now from what we know uh, from cbp and medical records he was taken to a hospital in new mexico with flu-like symptoms early on christmas eve he was treated there after a couple of hours they found that he had a fever of 103 Um, and 90 minutes later they released him with a prescription for antibiotics but uh, that night he took ill again at first his father said that his son was doing okay did not need to be taken back to the hospital Then his condition worsened. They rushed him back to the hospital. The father, according to the Guatemalan consulate, carrying the boy in his arms uh, to the CBP vehicle. They rushed him to the hospital, but he died just minutes before Christmas. Um, Again, that is being investigated as well, and an autopsy on that boy is also being conducted. Candice.
0: Matt, such a tragedy for that family. Thank you for the latest there. And the uh, Secretary of Homeland Security admits that they are overwhelmed at the border, not only by the young children and men and women who are there at the border but so many of the asylum seekers and as a result of that there has been an incident that's under investigation there in El Paso where a group as many as 200 or so were dropped off at the Greyhound bus station there in El Paso. We get the latest on that situation from KVI ATV's uh, Joey Carrera.
5: Candice, right behind me is the Paso del Norte Port of Entry here in El Paso, Texas. This is where a lot of these migrants are first making their way into the United States. Last week, about 1,100 were dropped off into the streets of El Paso, and we know that today, 600 are expected. A spokesperson with the city of El Paso let us know that these migrants usually end up staying in our area for about two days before they head off to other parts of the country while they wait for their court appearances. We learned that the number of migrant families and unaccompanied minors who are caught trying to enter the United States illegally is actually rising dramatically from November of 2017 to November of this year. U.S. Customs and Border Protection says there's been an 1,866% increase in family unit apprehensions in the El Paso sector, and that includes New Mexico. Apprehensions of unaccompanied minors also was on the rise, 254% between that same time frame. After the death of eight-year-old Felipe Gomez Alonso from Guatemala, CBP authorities say that they're going to be be making some immediate changes. Now it plans to do welfare checks for detainees who are less than 10 years old. The agency also hopes to improve housing and speed up medical care for those who are sick. The Guatemalan consul said children should be the first priority. The Secretary of Homeland Security plans on making a visit to the border. We don't know exactly which portion of the border she'll be going to. And we did reach out to CBP for a statement on all of these changes and information that we let you know about. And because of the partial government shutdown, we were not given a response. In El Paso, Joey Carrera, ABC News Live.
0: Of course, the shutdown. How convenient. Our thanks to Joey Carrera there at uh, our station in El Paso. We move on now and to California and a desperate search right now for an alleged cop killer that took place after what they call a routine traffic stop in Southern California in the town of Newman Our Will Carr is following the latest there.
6: Good morning, Kendis, that manhunt is taking place right now across this area after the police officer was shot and killed just hours after Christmas. Authorities here say they had surveillance video of the suspect inside of a local gas station buying two packs of beer and cigarettes. He then walks out of that gas station and gets into a gray Dodge Ram, and they say that the shooting took place during a traffic stop just moments after that. 33 year old Ranil Singh was shot and killed. He was a seven year veteran of the Newman Police Department here in California. He was also a husband and a father to a five month old baby boy. He is the 52nd member of law enforcement to be shot and killed in the line of duty this year. And you can see here outside of the police department, they have set up uh, a memorial here. You can see they have Balloons. They have some flowers. There's also a memorial fund that has been set up to help the officers family. While this search continues, authorities have actually located the suspect's truck, that gray Dodge Ram. It was uh, ditched in a mobile home park uh, nearby, but there is still no sign of that suspect. This is a shooting that has really rocked this community and ripped one family apart just days after Christmas. Kindis.
0: Yeah, well, it's particularly hard any time of the year to have something like this happen, especially this time, no doubt. Well, we hope they do find that uh, cop killer at some point fairly soon. Our thanks to Will Carr there in the town of Newman in California. We're going to move on right now and to New York, the activities here in New York that's having uh, repercussions all across the country. The stock market ha- continuing the roller coaster ride. We had a banner day on the markets on Wednesday, the first day of trading after Christmas and today Well, we're still trying to wrap our heads about where exactly this market is. Uh, Rebecca Jarvis can kind of give us a sense of what's going on.
4: Hey, Candace, Yeah, are you scratching your head? Well, the only certainty here is volatility, and we've now seen that in the last couple of days where it's been the most dramatic lows and the most dramatic highs with Christmas Eve, the worst sell off ever on Christmas Eve, swinging to the best day ever for stocks, their biggest single point gain in a day ever, the Dow up more than 1000 points. So what's changed? Frankly, not a lot fundamentally. It's the same economy it is today as it was five days ago. We did receive some positive news on the consumer front. MasterCard says that Americans spent more than $850 billion over the holiday season. That was a six year record. Also, Amazon says they sold more items over the holiday season than ever before. And that really helped retail stocks. But overall, stocks were up across the board. Now, if you look back over the course of the year, the market is still down about eight percent. So that nest egg, if you have money invested, is probably still down for the year. What lies ahead? Well, anybody who tells you they know the answer to that question without a doubt, they're probably trying to sell you something. The biggest certainty here is more volatility ahead. Candace?
0: That indeed. And the markets did have a slow start to the morning. Um, We can only hope that uh, that volatility will end up being a positive vibe after all. Okay, so as you know, college football uh, playoff season gets underway this evening on ESPN. Um, Most of us are going to just watch the games from the comforts of our living room, the TV studio, a bar, drinks, whatever. But some diehard college football fans are living on top of that billboard right there, near the stadium, Levi Stadium in uh, Northern California, San Jose area, um, they're going to be live streamed and they're going to sit it out while their teams play out. Um, Jeanette Kim, Notre Dame fan, and Ruben Hunter, who's an Oklahoma fan, <laughs> are joining us. Oh right, you. Oh, go, you. Irish. Go, go Irish, go um, Irish. So, a couple of questions: How long do you plan to stay out there?
7: Oh, well, 12th, I won't be yeah. knocked out on the 29th. January Maybe 8th. Will
8: be. January 8th. We'll be here the whole time. Cannot wait to win that national championship. Now Let's I go. think
7: we're going to be winning the national uh, championship. We'll but see.
8: I don't th- we'll see.
7: We're trying to be polite, but. Be polite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so their game's on Saturday. Um, Jeanette, why?
7: Why am I here um, three square meals a day and a chance to attend the national championship to see my Irish win. I would be so honored and just so excited to see the Irish play at Levi's on January 7th and see them win. Um, I actually went to the 2012 game against Miami and that didn't turn out in our favor. There's a Bama fan here. who I'll talk to him later about that, but it'd be great to see the Irish win.
8: R- okay, Ruben. Why? Well the rent is free there's no lease up here um, they're paying us to be up here and, and so it's hey things are great we get to watch TV um, watch the college football on the 75 inch TV screen uh, TV we get to yell at fans uh, it's just a blast it's, it's so much fun
0: yeah they do get a chance to win some cash throughout the, the, the whole tournament there um, did your
8: parents kind of think that you were nuts Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, They already
7: think I'm not so inspired. Yeah,
8: yeah. I think they enjoy it, though. They're getting the whole family wilded up about it.
7: Yeah, and my mom, I was surprised how supportive she was, but it's not like you want to see your child on reality TV, but she knew I could keep it together at least a little bit, so here we are.
0: (laughs) So your activities are being live-streamed to the world, most of them, right? Yeah. And you're okay Mm -hmm. with it?
7: Yeah, I mean, I'm just hoping that I don't spew out any profanity that might change with the game on Saturday. But you know, we're just playing games. We're getting to know each other. I think it's a lot of fun to be around other fans who are super respectful about, you know, being super passionate about our schools, respectively. So it's yeah. been it's been fun so far.
0: Awesome. And and of yeah, course, you got
8: to be careful. Yeah, be careful. Sorry, you got to be careful. I dropped a bagel on the ground earlier, and, and everyone's watching. you You can't. You got to throw it away.
7: No room for mistakes oh, man, up on the billboard me. here.
8: Really? There's not even a
0: five-second rule when it comes to live streaming. What the heck?
8: No, no, there's not. There's no grace. No grace. <laughs> um, <laughs> where do you go to the bathroom?
7: Everyone's favorite question. Exactly. There's actually um, a very sophisticated port potty that we kind of use that's on premise, but you have to descend from the billboard. And we're open, you know, when we got to go, we got to go. Yeah. But generally, we like to spend most of our team here.
0: OK. And is it cold at night up there? I know that you have others that are there with you.
8: But is it what is it like? Yeah, it's it's cold for sure. My sleeping bag's are about six inches too short, so I got to either bend my knees or get cold shoulders. So I have, haven't figured the best way to do that yet. But it's it's definitely a little cold tonight.
7: Yeah, my nose is almost frozen off. But you know what? If I'm gonna go to the national championship, it's all gonna be worth it.
0: Absolutely. And who's gonna win it all? <laughs> oh,
7: you, Boomer Sooner.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then come New Year's, a big question for really? many people at New Year's is finding a location to go to and somebody to kiss at New Year's, what are you going to do at midnight?
7: Um, I mean, he's yeah. a Sooner fan, Pregnant so pause. that's not in the cards for
8: him. <laughs> if there's a
7: lucky fan that wants to come visit me up here, oh, I am single, man. so Hello. hello. Find me on Twitter.
8: Man, yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot of options up here. (laughs) All right, you can put it off
0: until after January eighth. Indeed, it's going to be forty-seven degrees. Forty-one degrees actually for the cold tonight. So, uh, bear down, you guys out there, and good luck to the Irish and Sooners.
7: Thanks so much,
0: thank Dennis. Go Irish. All right. Thank you, guys. So, uh, speaking of the weather, yeah, and you can see it there. Um, the tournament begins on ESPN on Saturday, December 29th, 4 p.m., Clemson, Notre Dame, go Irish for her, uh, and Alabama and Oklahoma. Oklahoma facing an uphill battle with Alabama, of course, but you never know. This is why they play the tournament. Um, so 47 degrees right now there in San Jose. Uh, there are some storms that are moving in on the West Coast. Uh, it's been a busy season lately. Rob Marciano now with our weather.
3: Candace, hello, great to be with you. We continue to track this Christmas week, what's turning out to be a coast to coast storm and it's just wreaking havoc across the central part of the country right now. Form of winter weather snow and ice across sioux falls south dakota slowing down traffic and even jack knifing tractor trailers there treacherous drive we had blizzard conditions from the north the dakotas all the way back through the texas Panhandle. look at that wind blowing the snow sideways there that is not fun driving and just to the south there austin texas overnight heavier rain creating flash flooding and there were water rescues there and heavy rain and thunderstorms even a couple of tornado warnings earlier today in Houston as that strong line pushes now east down I-10 towards New Orleans and uh, the, the uh, Florida Panhandle, where we have flash flood watches posted all the way up and through Virginia, where the ground is saturated from such a wet summer and fall. And the winter warnings are ongoing today and tonight across the northern uh, tier, mostly north and west of Minneapolis. But if, if you're flying today or tomorrow, you're not going around this storm. You're going to have to fly through it. So there will be delays at, at a lot of the, uh, the bigger airports. Notice the rain during the day tomorrow gets up into the mid-Atlantic and all the way up into the northeast as well. Kind of mild air pushing in, much like the last week's storm did. Only the most northern parts of New York and New England will uh, uh, see some snow. So you were hoping for a white Christmas across many of the big cities. They didn't get it, and uh, there's not a whole lot of snow in the near future. January just around the corner, Candace, and you know what that means. Well, it's going to get colder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, our thanks to Rob there. The first full week of winter, and so far it's not too, too cold. But as a warning, you got there from Rob, January's just around the corner, and so. Hold on. All right. Well, that'll do it for the debrief for this Thursday morning. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Kendis Gibson. Enjoy your day. And do make sure to watch World News Prime tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. And also be sure to log on to the app and have the app, the ABC News app, for the very latest in breaking news and alerts. That's it. Have a great Thursday.